Hey everybody, this is Linda Misigatis, and you're listening to An Unconventional Guide to Success, the show that talks about real life with real people for those of you who are interested in learning from others the steps they took on their journey towards success as defined by them. Hey everyone, welcome to the studio. Hey Scott. Uh, good morning, Linda. How you been? It's been a whole week. I'm good. I know. I know. It's been too long. Why we talk? We used to talk all the time. We need to talk more often. So. <laughs> we concentrated onto this <laughs> this platform now, and then we're we good. did. Yeah. Now this is where we do all of our small talking. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> now we got to catch up. So we're very excited today. We have AJ Amex in the off in the office. <laughs> In the studio. <laughs> you know where my head is. Yeah. In the studio with us today. So it's great to have you here, AJ. Thank you. I'm excited to be here with you guys. Yeah, we're looking forward to this one. So AJ is an award-winning coach who has been helping drive leaders to make the big leaps in life and business since 2012. He has a series of inspirational and thought-provoking running via social media where he dry dives into important aspects, aspiring leaders um, to, you know, really kind of help look for that inspiration. Um, AJ is actually promoting Social Glow, which is a powerful software that puts your community courses and classes into a powerful and addictive experience that keeps your clients engaged, connected, and focused. So welcome uh, to our podcast. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. I love being on people's podcasts, love hanging out with people. Um, I just like, I know this sounds weird. It's like kind of like being with people and then seeing yeah. kind of what's going to unfold. <laughs> yeah. So I'm excited to see what right? happens. No, it's so true. It's always good. Um, I love that. Uh, well, and AJ, we like to start out, well, we being well, me, like Linda to start does. things out. <laughs> I always try and jump over this. (laughs) He does, which is why he doesn't get to start the show because he tries to change everything (laughs) up and then it's just, it's not, not good for anyone. So (laughs) go ahead. Go ahead, Linda. (laughs) All right. All right. We like to start the show out with an icebreaker. And the question is, if you could hang out with any cartoon character, who would you choose and why would you choose that one? Great question. So the person that's coming to my mind right now would probably be the Tasmanian devil. Oh. And the question is like, why? Yeah. And I really yeah, don't why know. Would you? I mean, it be a little fun, <laughs> a little fun and chaotic that you just kind of go through life and just, I don't know, it seems playful and energetic. Seems yeah. like it would just kind of be rejuvenating. No, I like that. That's a good one. And he would be. Um, I'm a huge Looney Tunes fan. So um, so I would hang out with any of the Looney Tunes if I got the opportunity to do that. But Scott, um, I was like to ask Scott, even though I know his answer, um, yeah, no. which cartoon character well, would you hang out with? I'm still thrown a little bit by the Tasmanian devil. I mean, does that mean we have like crazy <laughs> or does that mean you know we never stop going? Like, what? Well, go more on that for me. <laughs> That's right. That could be a little, a little bit, bit of both. Yeah. 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 <laughs> well, I kind of have a, a very a, cool. I have a, 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 a similar in that I'm uh, more interested in being like the Incredible Hulk. I like the uh, the science of it all and trying to figure it out until then one day I just kind of go crazy like the Tasmanian Devil or the Incredible Hulk. So we all know mine's the Incredible Hulk, Linda. Yeah, yeah, no, which is a good one. I like it because it actually suits you really well, um, for sure. <laughs> all calm so until not, saying. right? <laughs> yeah. All calm until not, exactly. So, no, it's a good one. Well, and recently I've been talking a lot about Deadpool because he's one of my favorite um you know, cartoon. He's not really a cartoon character. I guess he is if you go to the comic books, but I like him because he is who he is and um, he makes no excuses for it. And he actually does good. Um, he just does it in his own way. And I got to appreciate that uh, he is comfortable in his own skin. So, which is good. Yeah, that's great. Well, he kind of has to be because it, 
his skin got burnt off. Got no choice, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so there's a lot of ice breaking get comfortable on or this not. guy's heat. <laughs> yes, that's right. Exactly. That's it. So no, this is great. Well, thank you so much for indulging me um, on that one. It's always just kind of nice to get the flow going. But so yeah. coaching, that's something that you're clearly very interested in. So and this is clearly Scott's background yes. as well. So this should be a good one. Let's talk, um, AJ. I know he's looking forward to it. I can't it. wait to yeah. hear what you've got there. Absolutely. So AJ, what kind of coach would you consider yourself? I don't know anymore. I People always ask, and I just is like life and business coach is kind of the container. Um, but it's like, what type of coach is all these different types of coaches? Yeah. For me, it's more of like, where are you at? Where do you want to go? And and what do we need to do? If, do, we, do we need to clean things up? If we need to clean some stuff up, great. We can clean some stuff up. But my main thing is like, I want to go, like, I want us to move, you know, I don't want us to constantly be looking in the rearview mirror of like, well, what is else is there to clean up? Well, do we need to go back to past lifetimes? We need to go back to 500 years ago. Like I always tell people, it's like, if you look for shit, you're going to find it. At some point in time, you have to come to a place where you're like, I have done everything I can to clean up as much as I want to clean up. It is time to like focus where I want to go. And let the past be the past and the future is going to be the future, but I'm moving. And there's a time and place, of course, like I said, to clean it up, but there's people can just indulge and kind of get stuck in this loop of got to clean it up, got to clean it up. And if if it's not careful, it kind of becomes this coping mechanism for them not to actually create whatever it is. (laughs) Interesting perspective. That's great. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. Very interesting. And I, I agree, you know, I agree with that idea that there is always like this idea that we have to go back and somehow figure out our past and, um, and that's, what's going to help us in the future. And, you know, I think I've come to that stage in my life where, um, to your point, I figured enough shit out. And I know what my past was, I can't change it. Um, but what I can do is where I am today and take that forward. So I, I like that way of thinking. I don't know, Scott, what do you think? Yeah, I think that sounds a little bit like psychology and not coaching, right? When the people are going yeah, back, and it does sound all, a little more like psychology, that, uh, yeah, all that stuff. Um, but I hear you how that gets diluted, AJ, in the coaching community, and how sometimes people think that that's the priority. I, I am, um, executive coach. So I coach executives into their growth patterns. I've been certified as such at George Mason University. And then I credentialed at the um, International Coaching Federation so that I had sort of those tools that helped me not just explore maybe a little bit of the past, but also, like you said, drive forward. And, you know, the title of my book was almost actually going to be drive. So you and I actually really relate in that concept because the things I talk about there and the things I'd like you to talk about with what you're doing clearly drive forward almost like a tasmanian mm-hmm. devil kind of way right right yeah yeah <laughs> so, that's true yeah that's a good yeah good way to draw it back that's very true um it's just a tasmanian devil's always moving forward, <laughs> i love it yeah sure. so yeah no so i totally agree so what do you what do you um so let's talk a little bit about this platform that you've got and how that helps people drive forward aj like what um what expertise are you putting in there how did that get developed just give me the you know the quick rundown on that yeah yeah, so we, we're a big fan of community. Um, like even in like learning and courses, uh, people want to learn together. Mm-hmm. And so we had built this platform. It was actually for the direct sales industry. They, uh, we have another uh, platform called Post My Party. I um, mean, it's in the direct sales industry and it helps them be able to automate all their parties on, on Facebook. And from a business level, we wanted to not have a whole platform that was tied to Facebook. Uh, like you just get jerked around a lot when your whole yeah. business model is tied to Facebook. It's, yeah. yeah. 
it's a huge pain. They they can pull API privileges from you. Okay. There's nothing you can do about it. Nobody yeah. can talk to you. And so when a lot of our customers said, hey, we would like to have a platform where we could do what we're doing, but on our own platform, we're like, that's great. We'll build one. So we spent like two years building the platform. We launched it to the direct sales industry. And lo and behold, they didn't want it. <laughs> so we're like, what are we going to do with this software? So I was coaching the CEO of that company at that time. Wow. He's a good friend of mine, Daniel Berg. And I was coaching him and I was like, dude, this software is amazing. If we pivot this thing into the coaches, the course creator space, the membership owner space, they're going to love it. Like I, I know this industry. I've been a part of it for 12 years. I know everything that they need or could need. And I was like, they need a place to be able to host their courses, have conversations. Um, they need a mobile app. And he's like, okay. This was in August of last year. So this is 2023 at the time of this recording. So 20 August of 2022. Awesome. And he's like, I can have it built out by October. I'm like, seriously? Wow. He's like, yeah. So October, he had uh, he pivoted the platform and all the dev the dev team, and then uh, we've just been now ten months taking it to market, and that's kind of set this new vision. And the whole vision is being able to equip ten thousand coaches, and I was like saying like to help them to look out and see ten thousand lighthouses, ten thousand experts are impacting the lives of ten million people, and uh, a lot of people, a lot of coaches, they have a very disjointed. Um, client fulfillment experience. Yeah. I'm a very big fan of creating experiences for people, yeah. right? They're on Kajabi or they're on Thinkific, they're on Teachable, and then they're having the conversations either on Facebook Messenger or on Voxer. Um, and everything's just like over here. So we put everything into one single place and then we brought gamification inside the mobile app so people can start basically creating their own little Chuck E. Cheese experience. So people oh. watch the uh, videos, they go through the course, they complete it, action items, make posts, et cetera. Uh, they get points. The software tracks all the points uh, and we can create levels. Uh, and so you can start thinking about like identity-based incentivization if you have a user journey mm -hmm. um, throughout that course structure, your membership model. And so then I take it and have, have people, um, how do you want to allow your people to redeem those points? So do you want to redeem those for one-on-one -on -one coaching calls? Do you want to redeem those points for a ticket to your live event? Do you want to redeem those points for money back? towards your initial purchase. No right or wrong. It's up to the the admin of how they want to create that experience. But that's what's starting to take this idea of courses and community and actually making it fun and engaging and allowing people to get the results that they paid for uh, and creating uh, incentivization for them so, to do what you want them to do in the first place. So you pay so you as a member would as a coach, I would want to join into this membership, if you will, right? And then I get access to all of these yeah. different courses. Where are the courses um, just from your experience, AJ, and what your background brings, where are your courses based? What are they based in? Are these like um, Myers-Briggs or are these more? So they're not our, yeah, they're not our courses. They're, they'd be yours. So it's whatever you're creating a course on for your community. Okay. Um, so it's a platform for community. coaches, yeah. right? So it's basically, so instead of being part of like <clears throat> a better up or something like that, where you're, you know, uh, like all these different coaches and it's all in the better up app, you're saying this essentially gives like, if Scott wanted to have this, he would have his platform and then he would invite his, um, whoever he's coaching to use that platform. I so see. that's, that's it. And then you build all of that on the platform. Based so it'd be off my build. My build. Okay. Oh, that's great. Yeah. 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 Sort of omniscient, omniscient to the 10,000 coaches that are using it because they'll do it yeah. for themselves. Interesting. I was looking more for yeah. it to be a platform yeah. I would follow. I see. Yeah. That's exceptional. Yeah. That's great. No, that's yeah. fascinating. Yeah. It's, it's more of a fulfillment platform for coaches and course creators. 
Understood. Interesting. So yeah. why coaching though? Like why, why did you decide to go into coaching AJ? Like what attracted you Great to question. that? This, I did not, I never looked at like the coaching industry as like this, this billion dollar opportunity grab. I never was like, yeah. Hey, I'm going to be a coach. It just kind of happened. And so my background actually in college was I have an art degree. I, I thought I was going to get out and do graphic design. And then, so I started contracting at a ad agency for a little bit. Um, and then I was also into music in college. And so I was basically okay. contracting, uh, this is me and the ad agency owner, and, the, and we worked in the sports entertainment industry. And then I was also doing my band stuff. And so the band thing was my main thing. And I wanted to be able yeah. to inspire people to pursue their passions. And so we had uh, we had this band. We're a five-piece band. And we had two record offers. We had radio play here in the Dallas market. Awesome. We had a 38 tour bus, uh, foot tour bus. Yeah. And we kind of were climbing the mountain to the proverbial, like, independent rock and roll success. Yeah. And then this the band drama just completely crumbled. We played our last <laughs> radio show in uh, October of 2009. Mm. And so I was sitting there and I was like, well, what do I do next? Uh, do I want to put together another group of guys? Because I really wasn't, like, a great musician. I was a very good performer. I understood how to book shows and all of the business side of things and tour logistics and merch and all of that. And so I was like, what do I want to do? Put together another group of guys. And I was like, I don't want to do that. I don't want to be married to four other guys again. Mm. This is a nightmare. Yeah. And so I always loved at that point in time, because this was 2008, 2009, I started seeing people like uh, Mike, Mike Dillard in, in the direct sales space, starting to use social media marketing to generate leads. Now, I never was a big fan of multi-level marketing. It just wasn't my thing and I have nothing against it. It's not my thing. Yeah. But I thought it was interesting seeing all of these guys use technology to build businesses. Yeah. That was fascinating because it was kind of like music to me. Yeah. Meaning they could use technology to get a message to a bunch of people and make an impact, kind of like we would do when we're playing shows for 5,000 people or whatever. Yeah. Interesting parallel. And so I chose then to go into social media marketing in 2011 before it was cool. And so I built a social media marketing agency in 2011. I had like 22, 23 clients on a recurring basis. I burnt out by 2012 and I hired my first coach, uh, which was Garrett J. White. He runs a company now called Wake Up Warrior. 2012, he just launched Wake Up Warrior back then. Awesome. And so Garrett taught me the whole game of internet marketing. uh, And he was like, well, why don't you start teaching all of the stuff you've been doing for the past couple of years? So then I started doing uh, small group events. And then I started seeing people get results, some people not get results, even though you gave everybody the same skill sets. And that bothered me because I like when people win. And so then that led me down the path of mindset. And then I learned you could give people mindsets, perspectives on life and skill sets and still not get results. What what was that about? And then that led me down into like the deep spiritual transformation path of uncovering people's unconscious blocks and working through that and past traumas. So we could actually, again, move forward. (laughs) And so that's kind of what's what's happened. It's just been my life of being addicted to creating real world, tangible results. And then what's required to do that. And that's ultimately led me to, I guess, being a coach and playing this whole role as a coach. That's fantastic. And what an evolution. Yeah, Yeah. I mean, it's 15 years of evolution. I liked when you touched on mindset, too, because... What I, mm-hmm. what I heard when you were saying about that not also being the key to the equation, for me, 
I think it's a multifaceted equation and you've hit on all of it, right? You need the, you need the advising, you need the psychology, you need the coaching, you need the mindset, you need the communication, you need the leadership. sounds like you hit your head on every one of those trees, but that this new platform might be exactly the ticket for us other coaches out there not to have to do that. That's really impressive. It's a great background, AJ. Yeah. That is. Yeah. What a great story. I kind of boil it down into like three things. You have mindset, skill sets, and what I call body sets. And the body set is just basically emotional intelligence. And so many people, especially here in the West, we've been taught to kill, mask, and destroy this thing that I would call body sets or emotions, Mm -hmm. right? Um, And if we do not have body set skill sets, it's very hard to lead at a high level. Right? Yeah. Totally. Say say that again. Totally. Right. It's such a one. And I think that that's why there's been um, a resurgence of things like growth mindset versus fixed mindset and really this whole focus on um, self-awareness uh, because that's been a big part of it. Uh, one of our previous guests, Brian Chittister, um, had uh, sent a post to Scott that was challenging about like, is leadership dead today? Like, is it even really true? Like, are these people just figureheads or are they true leaders and do we really even need them anymore? And it was just an interesting article, but I know, Scott, talk a little bit about your reaction to that. And then I'd love to hear AJ's thoughts on that as well. I think I think that leadership is uh, definitely taught and trained and it's multifaceted. You know, I think um, they do. It does exist and it is needed. I would argue that, AJ, you would feel the same way, especially with you and your programs trying to help nurture that mm-hmm. the next generation. Yeah, would definitely. You, I don't know. AJ, yeah, what are I, your I, thoughts I, around that? Yeah. Yeah, thanks for asking. I'm a big fan of paradoxes. Um, and so it's like, well, if we, if we look at this, what is a leader? Mm-hmm. Is a leader somebody who has an identity of, I'm a leader, you must follow me? Is this a leader? Or is a leader just somebody who has a clear vision and they do what's required and they invite people to come along the way? And there's no identity of, I'm a leader, you're a follower. There's right. just, I'm a human. <laughs> I'm perfectly imperfect. And I have a very clear vision of, I, I want to go north per se right and here's how i see we could get there here's what's required would you guys like to come with me and as if somebody's being from that place then we would say they are a leader yeah but there's at leading at a high level this becomes a trap when when our ego is like well i'm the leader mm-hmm. the best leaders have this humility of just nothing to prove nothing to defend they take radical responsibility. They're willing to be radically accountable. Um, they're willing to hold themselves radically accountable as well as holding other people radically accountable. Yeah. And they're naturally leading just because of who they're being, but not because they're being a leader or trying yeah. to be a leader. They're just being themselves and, and, and moving in a direction that people want to go inspire, with. inspire, I like that. Yeah. In, inspiring and motivating others towards achieving a common goal with a positive end result. So I think what you just described is the word inspiring, AJ. And I think yeah. there is truth yeah. to to the ownership of that. And then to be the most effective at that, you need to bring your self-awareness. You need to bring your self-care. You need to bring some of these other tools that people are best coached to unpack than told how to do because they have a different yeah. style. Yes. Yeah. So, I mean... Yeah. <clears throat> All joking aside, Linda, I thought you were trying to get me to quote the the LinkedIn message that I had with Chatister. But oh this is goodness, a, no, no, yeah, but this no. is a very yeah, serious, was, yeah. um, very mm-hmm. serious, interesting topic. Whole chapter dedicated to it. You have a whole platform dedicated to it, and I think it absolutely is needed. And this next generation 
you know, one of the reasons we're doing this podcast is to share with them the notions of the perspectives so that they can go out Mm -hmm. and inspire and motivate and bring their skills to a whatever level of leadership they can, you know, match that up with to your point. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I think the leadership um, dynamic has changed because people have changed, right? So we're no longer comfortable or supportive of a hierarchical type of, um, you know, focus within industry today where it used to be, uh, you know, you didn't talk to to the VP because you were this, uh, you know, line worker. And so therefore there was a proper chain of command that you had to because somehow that person was untouchable to you. Um, and that's just not acceptable anymore. Uh, and I think that there's more of this idea that you obviously have to have leadership because somebody has to take responsibility and accountability for what's happening. Um, but that doesn't mean that, to your point, it's just it's just a title. It's just a person who had a clear vision, who is capable of driving a mission forward. Um, it doesn't mean that they're the smartest person in the room or um, or that they should be uh, unreachable. And I think that we're redefining what leadership really should look like. And I think that's why maybe some of those executives are struggling is because they're stuck in more of a traditional leadership way of thinking. And so therefore, this newer way feels very uh-huh. uncomfortable. AJ, do you feel like... There's a difference between managing, which is, I think, what Linda was talking about, and leading, or are they one and the same? They're kind of one and the same. I mean, I could see the distinction because uh, as somebody who's in a, a leadership role, they're definitely spending a lot more of their time casting vision. Um, maybe in our current market, maybe it's about two years because things are changing so rapidly. So maybe thinking 10 years or five years is just, is just not reasonable currently. But they're live at least they're they're spending a lot of their time being in that future and getting clarity and leading, and then that's a distinction from from management. Um, however, if we look at the principles of of just interacting with people, I'd say they're very similar actually. Mm-hmm. I like what you said there, though, um, AJ, because I do think that there is this desire to separate management from leadership. And I think that that's where we're also making a mistake because managers do need to know how to lead effectively in order to be good managers. And I think that there's we try to create this distinction that, well, a manager is there to drive tasks and to you know hold people accountable and to do managerial type of work. And a leader is this visionary person person who's up here, you know, driving all of this. And um, we're all supposed to kind of look at them in awe because, oh, wow, look at the CEO type of thing, where the reality of it is that manager, in order to be effective in leading people, has to also be a leader. It's not just about tasks because you're not going to get, people don't want to follow that. People can't get behind that. And and I think, again, that's a part of what's happening in the work world today. Um, you know, COVID certainly uh, uncovered a lot uh, in, that's going on. And I think it's given people a new and fresh perspective on, am I really required to be married to this job, married to this role, married to this position? And am I required to maybe tolerate that. Um, And it's created a lot of pressure now for managers because we're saying that managers have this emotional responsibility towards their employees and helping them through those. And yet we've not given those managers the skills that they need to act as leaders and help coach and guide through that. And so I I do think that that's why we're seeing such um, a big boom in the coaching and mentoring world today is because there's this recognition that maybe we haven't done our due diligence when it comes to managers and leaders. 
Yeah, I, I would totally agree. And one of the through lines I keep hearing is accountability, um, which is very interesting in today's culture, mm-hmm. which is like, how actually can we ha- uh, hold people accountable? Because um, so like my judgment of culture is it's a victim based culture. And so the moment anybody tries to hold somebody accountable, uh, there's lots of isms yeah. that people like yeah. to hide behind. And um, it's a it's a very challenging opportunity for very good leaders. Well, yeah, I completely agree. And your platform is really helping the next generation of leaders who are aspiring to do that. I mean, that was really profound what you just said. And I think it's really important that the function of a coach is actually shared by what you said and the platforms you're creating and the concepts of helping people unpack that for mm-hmm. themselves. So, I mean, the hiding yeah. behind the isms, that's really interesting. I mean, tell me more about that. Yeah. Give me, give me yeah, a little more, a little AJ. More that's that. interesting. So, for instance, I'm, I'm kind of guiding a, a guy who, who leads a, a very big organization right now, and he's kind of going through being canceled and being de- deplatformed. And he's being accused of lots of things. He's being accused of being racist. He's being accused of being misogynistic. He's being accused of also being homophobic. Mm. And so he's like, I'm none of these things. And I told him, I said, well, I'm all of those things. I am racist. I am homophobic. I'm misogynistic. I'm all of the isms. And he's like, what? And I'm like, I'm also not any of those things. But based upon somebody's perspective of how they see me, I could be all of those things. And for me to fight against it, to prove or defend that I'm not, is futile. Mm -hmm. Because based upon their perspective, no matter what I say, if they see that in me, so it is. Mm -hmm. So why would I waste my energy proving or defending? I know who I am. I know who I'm not. So let's play a game called shame ball, where somebody's like, you're racist. Okay. What specifically did I say was racist? Now notice energetically how I'm sitting, I'm grounded. I'm sitting in the question. I'm seeking to understand. Mm -hmm. I'm not proving or defending. Because what happens in today's culture is when good men and women stand and they're being the light, the brighter the light, the longer the shadow. And here in today's culture, what I'm experiencing is people are looking at their shadows. I I had a whole podcast on this in March of 2020 and talked about the gift of COVID and how it was going to be. The gift was people will deal with their shadows or they will die. This Mm -hmm. is the only way through moving forward. You either deal with it and be miserable and learn your lessons, or you're going to get the gifts and you're going to evolve forward or you'll check out. It's going to be one of those Mm -hmm. two options. Mm -hmm. Misery, check out, learn your lessons. This has always been the case for humans. This is nothing new. But now it's like there's a very clear contrast. Here's your shadow. Here's your light. What do you choose? Well, in today's culture, we're saying it's your fault. I see my shadow. And Linda, it's your responsibility to take my shadow away from me. It's all happening unconsciously. Right. Or Scott, it's your fault. Yeah. Yeah. Right. A manager holds somebody accountable. A good leader holds people accountable. Like, oh, it raises something in them. And then rather than us having principles, skill sets, body sets, mindsets, where I'm like, hey, Linda, what I heard you say was A, B, and C. Is that really what you you said? Yeah. Instead, I'd be like, oh, I'm not, I feel offended from Linda. So Scott's her uh, authority person. So Scott, Linda's this. She's an ism. She's an isist of whatever I want to hide behind rather than being like, hmm. 
what does this mean about me? Because there's a principle here in humanity of if I'm pointing the finger at you, there's three fingers pointing back at me, law of the mirror, only always for all of us, but very few people understand the gift of the law of the mirror, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so this is what I mean. So here's a good man who has lots of good fruit who a few people didn't like him. They felt offended rather than saying, hey, when this, this is what I heard you say, how can we clean it up? They go to the higher authorities. They get him deplatformed. Yeah. So there's no real accountability in this. Yeah. I told him, I said, this is going to be really hard for you. I imagine this would be intense. I imagine I'd be really angry and frustrated. Yeah. Rightfully so. We can go move that energy. But I was like, you're going to be in a really hard predicament because if you sit here and kowtow to culture and you just apologize to everybody, number one, it's going to be a hero move on your part. And drama is mm-hmm. always going to wreak drama, only always. You're going to become resentful and you're going to spend the re- next 10 years of your career being a hollow man, meaning you won't be you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you're going to have to find out what is your hill mm-hmm. that you're willing to die on. Mm-hmm. I'm going to talk about principles here. Yeah. 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 No. And I don't know what his answer is going to be, but this is a real thing that's yeah. happening in culture for good men and good women who are choosing to be leaders and shine their light. You're taking it and giving him the responsibility of it while you're guiding him. You use the word guide and yeah. you're coaching through that. And it's his to own is something that's mm-hmm. resonating for me as an exceptional coach language, right? Like you're yeah. What, yeah. What, helping him figure this out. And understanding the isms is fascinating. So that's that's really a good way to describe it in this cancel culture, to your point, and people being diminished yeah. for perspectives and shadows. Yeah. I, I love it. Wow. That's really that's really good. Yeah. That is really good. I'm yeah, curious we, your perspective. Go ahead, AJ. When we for him, when we could zoom out, because he's very in it, yeah. rightfully so. Yeah. yeah. We can zoom out and take this macro perspective. And I was like, do you see how this, per- what you said here raised this person's shadow, what you said here raised this person's shadow and how it's projected on you. Mm-hmm. And if you're not careful, you'll lose yourself in the projection. And it gave him an analogy. Like I grew up and I went to high school in the 2000s. And so <laughs> I remember going in an algebra class. <laughs> wait, wait, I'm sorry. Through. I'm sorry. Did you say 2000s? <laughs> such a young guy, Linda. How, this is such I a know, young man. <laughs> I know, which is so awesome. It, it's really, I think this message is speaking it's to really that, a, too, that demographic. Yeah. yeah so sorry, awesome, AJ. AJ. I just wanted to re-catch that. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. you went to high school. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm yeah you were going to high school in the 2000s. Yeah. And I remember walking in front of the overhead projector in algebra and, and, and having all these equations, right, on, yeah. on me. And I wasn't like, oh, guy. I'm a math equation. I don't, I don't know what to do anymore. <laughs> right. 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 We, we don't do that. We just, we just know who we are and we walk through the projection and we go back and sit in our desk and act like oh, nothing That's happens. a great analogy. But yeah. when we're communicating with people and part of the beingness of being human is we're going to be projected on. We're going to yeah. project on other people yeah. is part of the beingness of being human. We lose ourselves so often. Yeah. We, we start thinking like, ah, oh, I'm the math equation. I don't know who I am anymore. Right. And this, again, is what was happening for this leader. He's being projected upon. It raised his own shadow. I don't want to be this. I don't want to be that. Yeah. So it's really about knowing who you are and maintaining that center in the chaos of those crucial conversations and not being swept away by the projections. Yeah. Um, yeah. This is another piece of it. No, that's no, a very, that's like a really that. interesting piece of it that people aren't talking about. 
And now every time I walk through a yes. shadow, I'm going to feel like I'm being taken over. So I'll make sure not to do that under <laughs> yeah, your guidance, no. AJ. <laughs> I love that. That's a great analogy, though. Really I like is. the relatability of that because you're absolutely right. I'm curious, though, how you, um, what your thoughts are then in, in what you just said there. The other big buzz that's happening these days is authenticity. Oh, we all have to be our authentic, our yeah. authentic selves. And part of the reason that has created some separateness in the world we live in today is that we aren't our authentic selves with everyone. Like, well, I grew up in a time you had a work person and you had your home person and never the two shall meet. Mm -hmm. Like, we didn't bring our personal into our jobs. Um, it was not acceptable at all. Now we're being told, um, oh, we should all have bring our authentic selves to work and everybody should be accepting of who that is. Well, right. what if I'm authentically an asshole? Does that mean that <laughs> I get to be an asshole at work and you all just have to tolerate Yes, that? Linda. You know, that's exactly curious. what it means. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it's very curious to me because I think it's great to throw around the notion of authenticity, but what does that really mean? Yeah. And how do we cope with it then in light of what you were just sharing about that projection and perception of people? I love it. It's a great question. So notice how you're framing it. I'm either a good person or an asshole. So it's a very either or scenario. Yeah. When, when the gift is like, well, and it's very normal for our human mind to want an answer. Yeah. I, I need to know. Do you want me to be the good version? Do you want me to be the asshole version? Just right. like give me an answer because if I don't know the answer, then there's a part of me who believes I will not survive. And if I don't survive, then I don't, I like, I have to ensure my own survival. So please give me an answer. Yeah. And this is, this is what the mind does. Now the gift of some of this, this culture stuff, and I'm happy to go into it because I, I see the gift in it, it as well. The gift is really helping us see the and also. And so when we're talking about authenticity, and even many of the people, my judgment of them who talk about authenticity, they're full of shit. Yeah. Because one cannot be authentic until they're willing to own that they're also inauthentic. Oh, this I comes like back to being the spectrum. I am both a very good person and I can be a raging asshole at times, yeah. which is true. Yeah. Both are true for me. Yeah. Wisdom is knowing what does this moment require. Yeah. And there's a whole spectrum of unlimited possibilities that we could choose in this moment. Yeah. And so it is, it's a relative thing. So when we're talking about authenticity, it's not as simple as like, well, just be your genuine self. Right. Well, very, very few people actually know who their genuine self is. They haven't yeah. explored the edges. They haven't accepted their shadows. They haven't accepted the possibility that they're an asshole. They're a bitch. They're a loser. Yeah. They're lazy they're like whatever mm -hmm. and this is different for different things for different people based upon their culture based upon their parents based upon right. their religion based upon a bunch of things they're going to have different identities that they're resisting and so once we can experientially own them in the body then we're just free to be ourselves that's yeah. the best way i could say that well and no, i think it, i like and, that i it's good yeah i think um i think self-awareness is probably mm -hmm. the key to successful leadership yeah. as a starting point. I think you're right. And understanding there are polarities between severe behaviors and understanding, mm -hmm. you know, be fed and watered and understand what you bring to the table is exactly what we're yeah. trying to talk about here. And AJ, you've done a really nice job of running us through yeah. all those sort of pieces because yeah. So many people are textbook, I'm going to be a great communicator and that's going to make me a great leader when really you have so many yeah. different, and I like the analogy of shadows, you have so many different ways of unpacking that. And quite frankly, it never ends. So, you know, mm -hmm. being yeah. self-aware is for me, 
the number one starting point as a leader. I've got a company with 100 people. My door is not open to every conversation, but yet it's open to every person. So there's yeah, distinction yeah, yeah. and there's um, awareness. And then bringing my best self forward doesn't mean I was out on a bender last night when I came in this morning. I'm, I'm fed, I'm watered, I'm rested. Yeah. So the, yeah. the, yes. there's a total Rubik's Cube or equation here that I like what us unpacking today that that's really in line with your platforms, in line with what we're trying to do for the next generation. So I, I appreciate the, yeah. uh, the candidness. Yeah. No, it's great yeah, wisdom. No, I like it. Well, so along those same lines, um, or, you know, one of the things that Scott talks about, and I'm curious your thoughts on this as well, AJ, is in order to be successful in all of this, there has to be a level of self-care. So what do you do from a self-care perspective to make sure? Because in what you're doing, you know, when you are kind of analyzing all of this, it can also take you pretty to a pretty dark place if you're not taking care of self care, you know, taking care of yourself. So what do you do and how do you approach that? Yeah, it's been an ever-evolving journey um, because I, I grew up in a blue-collar family. And so the the culture was very much you sleep when you die, mm-hmm. work, <laughs> you know. Yep. Um, and so it's been like a whole journey. So for me, I, I meditate anywhere from an hour to two hours a day. Wow. Um, I I lift weights, uh, kinesthetic weights currently is what my physical, physical activity and that rotates. Sometimes I do boxing training and fight yeah. training. And so it's kind of ebb and flow with how I want to move my body or run, whatever. Um, the other thing I do is breath work. I probably do breath work two or three times throughout mm-hmm. the day. Um, and then I'm also moving into a season that's really pushing my edge because I can, I, I don't know why, but there, I call them cave days. So I, you know, I have a wife, I have a daughter. And so there's a part of me who feels guilty because I'm like, I need a whole day where I'm not a dad. I'm not a husband. I'm not a business owner. I'm not a coach. Yeah. And and for my wife, it's different. She's from Romania. And so she loves European culture and traveling and being with people and being in cities and yeah. walking. And I am a, a guy that gets like, literally, can I just go be in a cave with no yeah. humans for like a full day? Yes. Yeah. And she's I'll, like, I'll be the one next to you. Be- <laughs> yeah. I would say I can relate to that one too. We'll have three I'm caves yeah. right next to each other. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Okay. And, uh, and so this is really pushing my edge to give myself permission to, to do that. And the way yeah. that I've been doing that is I'll go camping um, for a day. Uh, and this is even pushing my edge because intuitively it's like, we need three days. And I'm like, oh, right. yeah. three days. This is why do I got to be so weird? Like what's wrong with me? You know what I mean? <laughs> uh, but as I look like on some of some of the greatest spiritual teachers, they ebbed and flowed, yeah. which is very interesting. If you look at Jesus, he would go up into the mountains for days at a time. We don't even know for how long he was gone. Yeah. If we look at Moses, he was gone for like months. You know what yeah. I mean? Like he was gone for so long. They built a whole city and a whole new culture by the right. time he came back down. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah. So there is, there is something, at least I think there's something there, at least for me, and maybe for other leaders as well, because there's so much in their masculine and they're giving and they're giving and they're yeah. giving and they're giving and they're outputting that they get to go plug into the feminine. And, and, and I'm not talking about like sex or anything yeah. or even women yeah. at all. I'm talking about like the spiritual essence of mm-hmm. the feminine where, where it nourishes them at a spiritual level so they can go back and, and give. And uh, I'm finding culturally, at least for a lot of men and a lot of women as well, yeah. that they're not taking time to reconnect with, I would call the divine feminine to be nourished and inspired. It's a really, no, really nice way to put true. it. And I'm the same way. Yeah. I will go undercover for a day and just get out of the fold and you know, massage day, massage time, and you need that recharge Mm -hmm. to just not get caught in the shadows that are being put on you. Yeah. To your point, AJ. And so you can strip those out and sort of reconnect and recharge and get some sleep. 
you bring your best self yeah. forward as a leader. And yeah, it's absolutely. really, really important that people uh, take that time to do that. I think they bring them their best selves. Yeah. I've witnessed it. I've teach that to my kids. I have three totally kids agree. and they are definitely learning to meditate, journal, all the things that center them outside of the pings and dings of their phones and their games and their schoolwork and the stuff. So I'm really yeah. glad to hear yes. you encourage that because I think that's yet another component of that Rubik's cube of success. Yeah. Yeah. It definitely well, the, is. the interesting thing is at least in American culture, we think we can hack our way to self-care. Yes, right? we do. So like, yeah. Okay. So what is the formula for self-care? Right. Yeah. Meditate 30 minutes a day. Check. <laughs> right. Massage once a week. Check. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, what, what, what else is there? Like, check. Yeah. And that, that actually defeats the whole purpose. Like now we're trying to masculine up masculinize if that's a yeah, word we're trying yeah. to bring the mask yeah. up, like make the feminine masculine basically <laughs> yeah uh, and so it's like no like just can you have a pocket to be nothing do nothing so that's so, so true well, what do you mean well yeah. I, I i might argue that the way that that is heard is true but i would suggest that i'm the busiest person on the planet i need to put it in my calendar or i won't do it Therefore, the check is implied. <laughs> but so I think that's I do a little bit different because yeah. I, you know, but I think that that's different. Like scheduling the time, I yeah. think, is good um, because, you know, if I don't schedule my day, um, then I agree. However, yeah. um, I hear what you're saying, AJ, from the standpoint like, I just read an article recently about that whole 10,000 step thing. Like, somewhere along the line, we convinced ourselves that we have to get in 10,000 steps a day because somebody told us that and then they created the Fitbit thing or whatever. And now that's what we're all. And so now it's not about just out healthy and walking and moving. It's about, I got to get on my 10,000 steps. And so, yeah, so there's the check or, you know, I'm to your point, I've got to meditate because I do my meditation as well. And it's very non-traditional way that I do it. And at first I felt really guilty about it. I'm like, well, I can't really say I meditate because I'm not really doing it the way that they tell you to do it, but it works for me. And so, and I had to come to that level of acceptance. So I agree, Scott, you got to schedule it and it is important because you got to make time for it. (laughs) Otherwise, you don't do it for sure. But I also agree with what AJ is saying in that we we are a culture that likes to figure out what the formula is so that we can just check the box and say, okay, I did that self-care, done, um, and then move on to the next. Yeah, you have to be in it when you're doing it. There, I mean, yeah, there's. I was teasing AJ about the fact that I have to schedule it and that's a check, but you have to be in it when you're in it. You have to be in it when you're in it, and that's really critical. Yeah, yeah. I totally agree. No, it's really good. Well, so AJ, who's been your most important um, or professional mentor? Like who, who's been that person for you throughout your life? Yeah, it's been uh, been two people. It's been a guy named Jeremy Jean Wilson and a guy named Christopher John Stubbs. Um, I still work with Christopher. Christopher is amazing. Uh, and I've done medicine work with Christopher. He supported me through my wife's cancer. I'm still in part of Christopher's men's group. I've supported Christopher. Um, yeah, deeply transformational. That's uh, wonderful. Being with Christopher, working through some very, very deep stuff with Christopher. Yeah, no, that's awesome. Well, so um, we like to usually end our show with three questions. And so here are my three questions for you. Um, What is a common myth about your job or field or um, a field of expertise? Yeah, I think a, a, a common myth, I think for a lot of coaches, and I used to believe this too, is I had had all the answers. Oh, it yeah. Like I, it's my responsibility to take you somewhere. Now on the other side of that, because I've been part of group coaching programs where they ask me like, well, what do you think? And I want to punch them in the face. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Tell us like, how you really feel, AJ. Did you want yes, to punch them in yeah, the I face or the be, throat? I wish you'd be authentically yourself, AJ, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Like, it's okay. 
It's like there's this whole like culture of coaches who go through coach training and they're like, well, you just ask questions. And yeah. it's, I'm a big fan of consultive coaching. Like, like I do have some experiential wisdom that I could probably help you collapse a decade yeah. into about an hour. So <laughs> I, I like you're going to walk into a pit. Like I see it. I know it's there. I'm not going to be like, so do you want to walk into the pit or do you not? Like I want to sometimes like there's a hole there. Like you may not want to walk there. And I want other people to relate to me that way too. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Drive, no. drive, drive. Um, My, our Tasmania yeah. devil is in full drive right now, Linda. Yes, Look at him go. I love it. I love it. It totally makes sense totally. now having spent this time with AJ. I'm like, oh, all right. He may not have realized why he wanted to hang out with Taz, but now I think it all makes a little more sense. Yeah, welcome to be in the spectrum. We yeah. Peace and calm to like I'll eat your polarities are this guy aj i love yeah, that you say great. that though because so many coaches you know i i really struggled with going through the program in the question yeah. of it i'm so glad i did and i understand all that and i feel more seasoned but i 100 percent get that my coach while sort of certified in experience is just as effective because i get strategic advice as part of the yeah, combo exactly. and i think yeah I think who cares if you're if you're being the authentic coach to the International Coaching Federation standards mm -hmm. in an environment where you're able to help the next gen. And so I really admire Absolutely. what you say about that myth being, you know, like yeah. constantly in the inquiry. I get the loop on that. I really do. Mm -hmm. But it's a loop. I'm more like you. And that's why I said the book, my book title was literally going to be drive, except for somebody else already had it. Because I was like, just drive, get go. Yeah. So just I get that. Yeah. Good, good myth. No, good I myth like buster. That is a good one. All right. So my next one is what is the most important lesson you've learned um, over your career thus far? Yeah, I get asked this question a lot and uh, it always comes back to me for uh, I have nothing to prove or defend. And it's not just me. Every single human being on the planet has nothing to prove or nothing to defend. Yeah. Ever. Yeah. Ever, ever, ever. Never, ever. Yeah. It's like you are completely free to be you and lead as you choose to lead. You have nothing to prove or defend. Fantastic. And when you get that, not just like get it, yeah. but like get it inside of your soul, into your heart, into your bones, yeah. you're free to create however you choose to create. And that's a powerful life. message for the younger generation who's very caught up in the acceptance of social media. Um, and so, you know, because that's, it's that validation. It's that like my post, like me, um, tell me I'm good. Um, and I think that that's an important message that... You know, owe that to anybody, which you always to yourself. That's so right. I love that. That's a good one for sure. Damn, yeah, AJ, yeah, you're hitting great. on all all cylinders today. Yeah, we really appreciate definitely. it. You definitely. I are. hope our audience appreciates yeah, the value you're bringing because it's uh it's quite impressive. I think it's it aligned with our messaging for sure. Yeah. All right, Linda, fire no, off this I totally last one. Agree. All right, my my final question is: What's one lesson your job has taught you that you think everyone should learn at some point in their life? Well, yeah, to me, this comes right back. I've already said it, which is nothing to prove or defend, which I know it sounds, we could talk about this an accomplishment thing, but yeah. it's also freed me up in my marriage as well. Like there was a point in time where I was so worried that my wife was going to leave me at some point. And so there was always like this internal pr power struggle. And so until I accept, and, and Christopher actually helped me work through this a little bit, until I could accept the possibility that there's nothing I could ever do to be a good husband to ensure my wife never left. Mm. Th that was stressful. Yeah. So there, there, the truth was my wife could leave me and take my child any day she wanted. Right. She totally could. And yeah. there's nothing I could ever do about it. Yeah. There's nothing I could do to prove or earn or defend 
like, well, I, I have the Apple's ear pod case, so I am a good husband or whatever my finish line for yeah. being a good husband was. Yeah. So I, I, that was a shadow. I released it and I was like, well, all I can do is do my best to be my best. And she either sees value and hopefully we can do our best to have a culture where we communicate, which we do, as you hope you could probably tell, we talk about all things. There's not yeah. a subject that's off limits between us. Uh, and so we would just be able to communicate and, you know, if it happens, it happens. And I'll, and I'll have to accept that as a possibility. So nothing to prove or defend for me is very fractal. And it yeah. doesn't just apply to performance. It doesn't just apply to my self-love. It applies to every aspect of life. And that gives me the freedom to have the capacity to lead in any situation, knowing whatever happens, happens. Wow. Like, it's ultimately cultivating certainty and uncertainty. But that that is the best place I found to lead and be. That's great. You know what I love about this, Scott, is like I am so glad that we get to bring this message to all of these, um, you know, people that are that are kind of looking for that. Because I would have loved these little nuggets of wisdom when I was coming up. You know, I would have loved for somebody to say that to me when I was a kid, um, where we very much were. It was all about you do have something to prove, and you do have something to defend, and um, and to all those points that you made about that. And so I think these are just such incredible um, and critical messages to be coming um, to, to generations today. And not just the younger generations. I mean, all no, of us I, have a lesson to I learn think it's this, em- so. I think it's emerging leaders. And I would also say, AJ, I really appreciated how you brought it back to personal relationships, your wife, Me too. business, yeah. self-care. The quadrant of uh, all the pieces are really important. And um, if it wasn't inferred in your anecdote about your wife, it was definitely... Um, I want to highlight that for emerging leaders and for the next generation that it's it's all it all comes together, and you did a yeah. really nice job of, yeah. of sharing that. So I really appreciate your stories and your approach on all of that. And I'm really glad that we got a chance to yeah. chat with you today. Yeah, me too. Yeah, this was great. Welcome. I'm glad. I, I'm I glad look at it have like I call it a success engine. Like you have these five cylinders: faith, family, fitness, finance, and fun. And a motor will run if, if it has a leaking cylinder. It's just not going to run very efficiently. That's Even true. if one of the cylinders is completely blown, it'll still run, but it's it's very inefficient. Yeah. It's going to suck a ton of fuel. Yeah. Uh, and so it's like optimize those five cylinders and you'll have a lot of What are they again? What are they again? You... Yeah, say those faith, again. family, fitness, finance, and fun. And so yeah. when I say faith, I'm not talking about a certain religion. Yeah. It's just your connection to what you would call God, spirit, universe, science, whatever your frame for that is. I don't yeah. care. Just, yeah. Whatever your version of it, do it amazing. Yeah. <laughs> you know, whatever it is for you. I like that. That's yeah. good. No, that's yeah. a great. That's, that's a great. great way to end. Yeah. yeah thank no, you. No, for sure. Well, thank you so much, AJ. Thanks, Scott. It was great wow. to be here again with you. And um, I hope our audience enjoyed um, AJ as much as we did. So thanks, everyone. Have a thank wonderful you. day. Yeah. An Unconventional Guide to Success is an inspirational, motivated series hosted by Scott Montgomery and Linda Misagatis, recorded on Riverside.fm. Music, editing, and production by Logan Misagatis. Check out Scott Montgomery's new book, How Did You Get Here?, and all the helpful related materials at www.howdidyougethere.com. Thank you for joining us on our journey. If you would like to reach out to us, our contact information is in the show notes.